So, welcome to the Irish NFL podcast. Uh, this is a new podcast directed from a fan's perspective with very much an Irish view and slant in relation to all things NFL. We're going to be here throughout the year taking you through all things in the last six months with the draft, free agency, and a full season preview before coming to you live every week from our Dublin studios uh, going through the season. My name's Mark Cockrell, and I'm joined, as I will be each and every week, with by Brian O'Leary. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you doing, Brian? All good. And uh, Gordon Bridgefield. Mark, how are you getting on? I'm good, mate. I'm good. So, gents, it's a fans podcast, inherently. I think we should be upfront and transparent from the outset. So, all your prejudices and predilections on the table bright and early. Who you got? Who are you running with every week as the season's going on? Brian? New York joins my team for 20 years, so uh, they're my key focus week to week. But obviously, um, I'm a big NFL fan, so I'll be covering everything across the league week to week. And Golden? Pittsburgh Steelers with a, a little soft spot for the Cleveland Browns, always holding out a bit of hope that they'll, they'll do something every year. So, yeah. A soft spot for the, uh, the Stadium of Sadness. That's, that's lovely, yeah. lovely to hear. Two teams um, in the same division. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But we'll, we'll give him that for a moment. So, gents, uh, I, I'm unfortunately, as I have been, like Brian, for nearly 20 years now, a, uh, a fan of the NFL and in particular the New England Patriots. And uh, as we're going to kick off this, our inaugural podcast, talking about the season 2016 and review, I have a feeling I might enjoy it a little bit more than you two. But, uh, Pretty confident that's going to happen. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. sure we'll touch on one or two key games at some point uh, during the next hour or so. Um, but let's start from the beginning. As I said, we'll talk about the season in review and we'll be taking you all through the rest of the year and uh, free agency in due course. And you can find us all at, NFL, at Irish NFL Pod. I've got to get that better. At Irish NFL Pod on Twitter. So feel free to contact us at any stage. But starting with 2016, gents, on the pitch, look, off the pitch, the NFL always muck it up. There's always a, a scandal or two or the usual bump that Goodell's messing up. But on the pitch, what did you think of the product? Good, bad, indifferent? I, I, to be honest, it's one of the most enjoyable seasons I've seen now in quite a while. Um, I think when you kind of look back on it, some of the tightest games ever um, and some of the most kind of closest scoring games we've seen in quite a long time. So... In terms of a spectacle, I think it's every year it's growing. I think we've suddenly seen a shift from a quarterback-driven league to suddenly last year, slightly more emphasis on the running back, and then obviously the defense every single year. That's what wins you championships. I think it's uh, the golden old statement, and it came through again this year. Yeah. Brian? Yeah, I think one of the key things really from an NFL fan's point of view, it's very different to football in the sense that one season is very different to the next. Even if you look at the playoffs this season, six teams who were in the playoffs weren't in the pre- in the playoffs the previous year. So really, one season is very different to the next. You've obviously got the, your four or five teams that are in contention every year, the Patriots, the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall... Steelers as Steelers. well. But overall, really, you see new teams coming into the playoffs year on year. Yeah. Um, for quite some time last year, a lot of people thought possibly the Oakland Raiders when they went all the way to the Super Bowl yeah. prior to Derek Carr's injury. And where have the Raiders been for 10 years well, I mean, that, that's a lot of great talking points, guys, because actually I just want to dwell on the um, actually the playoff teams in the first instance because I know the NFL churns out this stat every year. So, uh, so many new teams in the playoffs, so many different changes, so many new division winners. But, like, there were six new teams in the playoffs that weren't there last season. Five of them went one and done, if I remember correctly. The only outlier, I think, were the Falcons, who obviously will we'll come to in due course that uh, 
had a remarkable season, ended uh, at the last hurdle. But, you know, are the, is there a, an echelon of kind of the, the supremacy of the Patriots, the Packers, uh, the same teams year on year? Or, you know, I mean, does the NFL have a, a problem really with the middle classes now? Because they're, they're rotating, but they're not actually advancing anywhere. Well, I think they tried to address that through salary cap and obviously the, yeah. the draft. If, you're, if you had a poor season one year, you've obviously got better picks coming through the draft. You only have to look at the Cleveland Browns, who were, were the worst team last year. But they stockpiled. It might be the worst team again this year, but yeah, I wouldn't still, imagine. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> imagine. <laughs> well, I, I, kind of just not just to harp on the Browns, but I think you've just seen for once they've done the smart thing. They've decided to go with the best player in the draft, and they've chosen the best player. They haven't gone back and done what they've done every year and pick another QB to add to that sad, sorry list of QBs over the last 15, 20 years. So they're going on the right route, but I think the top echelon of the teams that we see every year, I think the one common trait between them is a very, very strong front office. And I think if you look at some of the top teams and who's dictating their draft, dictating mm-hmm. their free agency, there are people that have been there a long, long time. And a lot of them have come from places like Green Bay who have populated a lot of the other teams along yeah. with the, the top five or six teams. So I do think it's getting harder to get into the top but I think with the salary cap, with the dr- some smarter draft uh, choices, we will see some of the kind of middle teams move up again. Well, it's actually, you mentioned the Packers there, the Packers and the Patriots. I'm thinking of the amount of GMs. So there's Reggie McKenzie from the Packers in uh, Oakland, for example. And I think the Patriots have got like five of the top personnel guys uh, across the league uh, yeah. now at this stage with the Titans and uh, Falcons and the Bucks in particular. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's kind of hopefully there's the spread. but There's a, there's a, a balance there, though. The owners and the, the office understand when to hand over the reins to the management team. You only look at Dallas, fundamental flaws. Jerry Jones doesn't know when to do that. In fact, last year was probably the first year he's actually done it. And even then it was killing him because he wanted Romo in a QB. Yeah, but, but do you think, I mean, that's a really good point about Jerry Jones because Stephen Jones now seems to be a bit more the man. Like Jerry doesn't seem to have the control the same way. Stephen Jones has insisted upon O-line, 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 and it's worked for Dallas. I mean, we look at their 2016 season, you know, 13-3, and one of the all-time great playoff games I still maintain against the Packers, even though the Cowboys, again, were one and done. But the well, great O-line well, play... done in divisional round. In divisional round, but yeah. still, one and done. Um, Peyton Manning would uh, tell you that. That doesn't yeah. count either. Um, but... Um, you know, the great O-line and the great draft in the last couple of years with maybe Jerry's influence waning a little, and I'll only say a little because he still is king of the roost there, well, but has that not helped Dak Elliott, uh, sorry, uh, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott come to fruition there in Dallas? Well, I think handing over the reins, is you see it more uh, with Dallas Cowboys with Stephen Jones. He's put forward for all media obligations now. He pretty much runs the draft. Jerry Jones coming out with comments saying he wanted Manziel, but pretty much had a room full of personnel telling him no uh, <laughs> and in the same last year with um, uh, Paxton Lynch yeah. he wanted Paxton Lynch ahead of Dak Prescott but again they wanted too much to move up to that position he had a room full of people that he finally listened to who said no let's hold out and suddenly you get Dak Prescott who look becomes one of the rookies well, of the I mean, season it, it's kind of like backing into your franchise quarterback hopefully you know it's more by luck than judgement Patriots fan 199 pick Tom Brady and all that I mean, Dak Prescott looks the real deal. Yeah, uh, he passed the sight test, really. I think in relation <coughs> to it. But would he have even got an opportunity if it wasn't for Romo picking yeah. up the injury in preseason? Well, I mean, year? I'm always a keen fan on the fact that I think the NFL. I know Gordon alluded to running backs having a little bit more of a resurgence, particularly behind Zeke. But it's still a quarterback league, mm. and you know, Prescott for me will be the player through whom that team runs. He needs to be kept upright. 
don't do a Seattle on it and destroy him through the O-line by not investing in it. But every throw he needed to make, every pressure situation, he stood the test of time. Um, I know we'll talk about it later, but that playoff game against Green Bay was it for me. You know, there's the most pressure circumstance. Aaron Rodgers is playing lights out. He's got the pressure on. He's behind in the game. And he led them back. I think to finish a season as a rookie quarterback, to come in replacing somebody as, you know, influential as Romo in the Dallas Cowboys, you know, the United States team, and have a passer rating of 104.9 throughout the season. Uh, like, it's just for a rookie, it's unheard of. It's the highest yeah. ever for an NFL rookie. Sorry, I'll take that back. Uh, again, 23 touchdowns. He just, he played a game where, like you said, he passed the sight test because he came in, he didn't look like a rookie. And I think that's probably one of the best compliments you can give him. Now, he did have a very, very strong O-line. Everyone knows that in Dallas. They know it's probably one of the best in the league. Yeah. But then you also have Ezekiel Elliott, who, again, people are kind of querying, should you have drafted a running back as high as Ezekiel Elliott? And it turns out, well, it's now influenced this year's draft. You've gone from 2016, where you had two running backs in the first and second round, to suddenly where we've had four in the first and second round in 2017. So it's basically changed the mindset of many teams realizing to be competitive in this league, not only do you have to have a good defense, a good QB, but you need a good combo between your QB and your running back. It's very, very important, and the Cowboys proved that this year. Yeah, you might, you might pass that on to the Browns' front office. <laughs> where for the past number of years it's been running back by committee. Yeah. You know, in terms of teams trying to go to the Super Bowl, in fact, even Atlanta getting to the Super Bowl and the Patriots. Yeah. Coleman, Freeman on the Falcons' side. And White and Blunt and the combination of Pat Pat Patter on the Pat side, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly interesting. And I think um, Zeke Elliott and the new running back school and talk about in the draft we'll talk about further in next week's podcast um, might change the, the habit now. We haven't seen a running back get a second contract in a while. It's become one of the least valuable positions in the league, so it's a, it's a really sea change. Um, not that I want to dwell on them, but just coming back to the quarterbacks for a while, we, stepped, uh, we touched on Dak Prescott there mm. for a while. 2016 was an interesting season. We started off no Peyton Manning, no Tom Brady for four weeks for reasons we won't go into. Um, we ended the season... Are you, with, sure, are you sure you want to back up there now? Really, really, okay. we're fine, we're fine. We ended the season with like Tony Romo and Jay Cutler going into a commentary booth. I Really, two people you would not have imagined if you went back three years ago, this is, this is what would happen. I mean, Romo, because obviously the back injuries, Jay Cutler because of incompetence. Um, you know, that, that's where they've ended up. But... Guys, other than Elliot, uh, sorry Prescott, who we touched on, what quarterback for you defined the 2016 season? I think you've got to keep it simple. Derek Carr, as in prior to his injury, I think he's taken a franchise that is slowly growing, but he's bought into it. Um, again, similar to Dak Prescott, passed that sight um, test, but he really bought into what Oakland is all about. Realised they weren't a championship winning team when he came into them. He had to grow with them, and he's now turned... You know, himself, McKenzie, they're suddenly building a team that is, you know, Super Bowl contenders. Well, I'm going I'm to turn it to Brian in a second, but I want to make a point about Carr. For me, it was all about injuries because as mm. a Pats fan, I was petrified about facing the Raiders. I was, you know, they've got two number one receivers. Carr was slinging it around the place fantastically well, and his injury changed the 2016 season, the postseason. Mm. And you look around how big an impact injuries had last year. Andy Dalton went down, Big Ben missed a few. You know, Tannehill destroyed the end of Miami season when Matt Moore was trying to fill in there. Luck maybe will never be fit, I think, but it was injured again, which contributed to the Colts' demise. It's uh, it's fascinating. But, Brian, what about yourself? I mean, um, quarterback for 2016. I suppose it's probably a boring one, but I still have to go back to Aaron Rodgers. Um, halfway through the season, everybody thought the uh, Packers were done. 
you know, in terms of the Lions were p- pushing on, they were two, two or three games in front, obviously they kind of derailed towards the back end of the season, gave the Packers an opportunity to come in and win the division, but he was playing lights out for the past five or six games, the last five or six games, he had quite a number of injuries on wide receiver and he was still getting the job done, yeah. went into the playoffs, unfortunately for myself, beat the Giants <laughs> with a Hail Mary, 50-yard pass before half-time, but he just continuously kept going, then the Dallas game in particular, I know we've touched on probably one of the best games we've seen in years, and again, towards the end, he, that pass on the route to Cook, which is just an unbelievable pass. So just I just can't believe he continuously comes up with the goods year on, year out. And unfortunately, ultimately, all those injuries caught up with him because when they went into the game against Atlanta in the championship game, you know, he didn't have the army there to, to get the ball to. Well, I mean, you're touching on it. It's it, If the Packers had gone on and won the Super Bowl, that's up there in the conversation with the catch and the catch two for the 49ers. You know, it, that throw... <laughs> Rolling out to your left, thrown across your body to Cook on the sideline, it you know gives you chills. It was a fantastic piece of play. If they had beaten the Falcons, I don't think we'd be talking about the Patriots comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. Well, I, I was going to comment on the fact it's remarkable we've had a conversation about quarterbacks, and you didn't. Neither of you took the opportunity to to praise Tom Brady there, but uh, you know I'll, I'll gloss over that. I'll gloss over that, and we'll we'll keep moving. Um, Gordon, you, you mentioned at the start there, talking about 2016 in, in reverse, and we'll move away from offense for a while. Defense wins championships. It's the old adage. It's said every single year. But seriously, looking back at 16 and looking forward to 17, it's scary. I mean, I, I look at the AFC West. When you talk about pass rushes and dangerous defenses, you don't want to be a quarterback in that division. Well, you've got players like, I think, you've got Von Miller, who the last few years has, you know, yeah. Proven to be one of the, the top defensive players in the league. But you've got new draft that come in, Joey Boza, who yeah. holds out all the charges, yeah. Holds out all preseason. Uh wants that contract again for small pittance of extra bit of money, but again holds out and people are saying, Well, that's his first season ruined, he's missing X amount of time, he can't catch up to what the NFL is. He suddenly puts in a dominant performance all season, becomes one of the def- defensive players of the year for a rookie. And again, it just proves that these guys are coming out of college. You've got Garrett, who's just been drafted by the Browns. Again, potentially the franchise player for the Browns for the next few years. So I think defenses do win championships. Um, I think you know things we've heard in the past, like four of the top five NFL teams in scoring defense last year, uh, they all qualified for the playoffs. I think that kind of tells the story in itself. You need a top-dominant defense. People like the Jets, I, I just want to kind of go back to show, the Jets are a team who have a defense that potentially could be in the top kind of five, six teams in the defense sphere. The yeah. problem is they don't have the offense. So if they had some bit of a half-decent de- offense, you would be talking to them now as a kind of a, a middling to bordering well, on the, the playoffs. The sort one of team. thing I'll disagree with you on that is the De- Jets have a great D-line and a decent linebacker court. Cornerback fell off the cliff for them last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Revis is no longer Revis Island. He's, yeah. they invest, he's Revis invest Ocean. The, invest, uh, invested too much money into him thinking he yeah. could go back to his glory days. But... They have the hallmarks of a proper franchise leading yeah. defense. Well, we'll, let's see what happens with Sheldon Richardson and the Jets. I know we'll get to in free agency. It's like a I fire sale. On the, on the, the Jets side, I think they've realized that because they've invested a huge amount of dollars in uh, one of the Cowboys' cornerbacks during free agency. Yeah. yeah. So, so they've already addressed the fact they, that they're they trying to. They're trying yeah. to get there. And, and it's funny, you're talking about the, the pass rush, and I know I said the AFC West. I mean, we haven't even talked about Justin Houston, yeah. who's led the league or come close to leading the league in sacks the last three seasons. And, you know, destroyer of worlds, Khalil Mack. I mean, I don't think on the defensive side there's players like 
Von Miller and Cleo Mack every day of the week. They're Lawrence Taylor type ta- talents. Well, these guys can change games. Well, for Oakland Raiders, have a trio of Mack, Carr, and Amari Cooper, as in three yeah. All Star players. Your wide receiver, quarterback, and defense is in it. It's the perfect perfect trio to have. Roll on Vegas, <laughs> exactly. Bringing in Marshawn Lynch, uh, running back now as well. Sorry, yeah. Well, I, I know we're going to talk about free agents, but that's a, you know it's fantastic to talk about Marshawn Lynch, the Oakland boy coming out of retirement and going there. Um, uh, I'm just looking forward to the press conferences. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm just here so I won't get fined. Uh, applies to us three today, I think. That's, yeah, that's yeah. it. Just um, want to make one more point on defense. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying about defense winning championships and not building teams through free agency, but the Giants spent $100 million on three players last year. They went from 31st ranked defense the season previously to top five by bringing in the cornerback, bringing in the defensive end, bringing in defensive tackle. Yeah. So addressing issues within free agency, building a defense, and ultimately getting to the playoffs, it yeah. can be done. Landon, Landon Collins had a great season, and, and Harrison on the, the D-line was yeah. fantastic. I mean, it, talking about the Giants, we're talking about 2016 in review, was it ultimately the offense that let them down? I mean, I'm not going to go back to the Cabo trip with Odell Beckham going away, but defense didn't let them down. They, they, that was usually the, the rule, wasn't it? Two components of the offense, to me, let them down. One, the offense, offensive line still hasn't been addressed. So year on year out, they're picking up low-end free agent players and asking them to step in, and ultimately just it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And running back by committee, it's okay running back by committee if you have three good running backs, but if you've got a rookie from the fourth round who's trying to learn his trade behind a running back that is on his way out in terms of his career, Jennings, yeah. Um, yeah. it just didn't work. And ultimately then the pressure was on Eli to hit his targets. Now again, they've... Gone down the same route for this season. They brought in Brandon Marshall. Again, another conversation for free agency talk, but they put all the weapons mm. in the receivers. But is that because they've realised you can't just rely on ODB? He's not the be-all and end-all. Victor Cruz was obviously injured, and it's all gone now. And Sterling Shepard will step up for his, okay. for his first year, but then again, bring it in Brandon we, Marshall. We, we, wait, we wait to see with bated breath. But to answer your question, to... offensive line running back wasn't addressed. Okay. And if you can spread your offence across three different components... Okay, Better well, change. it's it's funny because we just touch. We're going to try and touch on most of the teams as we go through this. But actually, I know we talked on Giants, we talked on some divisions. One thing I wanted to make a point about the Cowboys. I know we talked about Dak and Ezekiel. Um, they went one and done. I know I said that. You have to remember the Cowboys have as many playoff wins in the last twenty years as Mark Sanchez. <laughs> so that's that's a stat of the day to 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 to, keer, keer, to concern Cowboys fans. Will they? Will they turn it around ultimately? But we'll, we'll get there maybe. We'll, they'll get there maybe. Um, guys, I know the off-season uh, and certainly the, the season that's gone, sometimes the stuff that happens off the pitch is uh, dominates the media coverage. I mean, we had Josh Brown at the start of the season and the domestic abuse. We, we've had Goodell constantly mess up investigations and, and things like this. And I'm not saying that as a bitter Pats fan, but I am still a bitter Pats fan. Um but one of the things I wanted to touch on was relocation. So just slightly off the pitch for a moment, 2016, the return of football to LA, LA Coliseum packed out with professional football, must have gone well. I think, for me, it's the Hard Knocks series again. You look forward to it, they build it up, you think it's going to be this amazing experience, LA, fan base, they sell out the first few preseason games, and then you just got Jeff, Jeff Fisher. Like, yeah. you know, is in, it just ruins it. Uh, to be honest, like you've got a rookie quarterback in Goff who comes from a system that isn't suited to the pro game, gets thrown in the deep end and fails miserably. You've got a wide receiving core that is, to be honest, too small. Um, not enough kind of real, real route runners. 
Um, too many speedsters out, out in wide receiver. Uh, and again, you've got a running back who seems, from the hard knocks, to have gone a bit too big for his boots already. Um, should have been up there this season again with Zeke Elliott, but just kind of fell off. Now, fair enough, it's hard to do well when you're playing for a poor team, but as in he should have been one of the leading lights and he just he wasn't there. So, uh, yeah, great build-up to it, but yeah, a bit of a letdown yeah. for me. Yeah, I think there's such a key focus on moving to LA that what got lost in the background was the fact that they haven't got a good team. Mm, or yeah. did they build a good team during the off-season last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for me it's a bonkers circumstance. I know we talked about the importance of the front office and people want to overlook it, but it's not just all about coaches. You had a front office that gave the most bizarre two weeks, I think, in an NFL history. They awarded Fisher with a contract for a two-year extension when he'd done nothing to deserve it. And after two further losses, canned him. Mm. And, it's, and it's almost like a, a unique canning situation because he just became the most losing coach of all time. 165 losses. I'm going, oh yeah, we don't want him, want him losing 166 on our watch. Let's get rid of but him. But you, you, you can clarify this. Wasn't it uh, Fisher made the comment there during the season where he said oh, he's look, looking forward to playing Woodhead and... Woodhead was on the yeah, wrong yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woodhead was on, been on the Chargers for the last three years. He gave he gave the comment during the week about the danger of the Patriots running backs. Yeah, and said about uh, Danny Woodhead's a very dangerous player. Um, so when your head coach of an NFL team doesn't even know who he's playing, I think that pretty much says it all for your franchise. It, it does, and and I mean, talking about front office issues, Tavon Austin getting a ridiculous contract. Fisher's broken, and, and, girly, and and, and, yeah. and the Tavon Austin played a huge part in the in the hard knocks, and you literally just saw it as a money grabber. And it just kind of it just shows the the side of the NFL that I suppose we like to try and ignore from time to time and think of just on pitch stuff. But it just literally Tavon Austin, he's a good player, uh, but he didn't care who he's playing for. He just wanted to make sure he was paid the big bucks. But and that's one thing you can always pick up in NFL the mindset. They're very open to coming out and saying, "I want a new contract. I want to get paid mm. X." Where football premiership, they're a bit more discreet about it. You know, ultimately, that's what they're looking for. Mm. But they're not as brash to come out and ask for it. Where well, NFL players just come out and. They're very upfront and honest. I want that money. I'm not going to play until I get it or I'm going somewhere else. On, on the contracts, there's an interesting one happening at the moment. Matthew Stafford for the, the Lions. Mm-hmm. He's one more year left in his contract uh, and he's just come out this week and he said, uh, I'm in no rush. Uh, I have a year left. I'm going to hold out. And everybody knowing he's waiting to see how much Derek Carr gets paid. And that's what the journalists are saying. He's waiting. He's going to see what Derek Carr gets paid. If he gets paid... What everyone is saying is going to be one of the biggest contracts in the NFL. Well, Stafford's going to say, well, here's my catalogue of the last few seasons. If Derek Carr is worth this much... Of, yeah. of playoff losses. And playoff lo- uh, playoff losses, but still, but still making to the playoffs. As in, you want a quarterback that gets you to the playoffs. Simple yeah. as that. So, uh, yeah, it, there's different ways of going about it, and Stafford's doing a, a different route to what Austin did. Well, actually, I want to make two final points on this, because actually, one thing about the NFL players demanding the money, you have to remember, of course, NFL, unlike premiership, soccer players and unlike NBA and MLB in particular don't have guaranteed contracts so if they don't get it up front in a big chunk they could be cut at any time yeah. so these big announcements I, I can understand their, their pressure for it a lot more than you know they, they're looking at baseball stars making hundreds of millions and they're get, making way more money for their teams and they've got way more exposure and not getting the benefits so I, I do understand uh, but I think, I think we that. Are, that, that, that's looking like it'll all be changed now in I think it's 2020 is when in the, the talks are up again with the players' oh, union. Yeah. CBA. So the, yeah. the CBA is what screwed them. And that, and that was the veteran players screwing the rookies. 
So it's the rookies really that get screwed. Not even like you, you say, veteran players not getting guaranteed contracts. They're still getting. Well, no, I mean you know, any player. I think any yeah. player. I think it's a whole question as to whether there should be guaranteed contracts. You revise the, the yeah. salary cap, but that's a yeah. that's a broader business not, decision not, and exactly. discussion. I think yeah. uh, in in relation to it. Um, and it's also funny you mentioned Stafford. I I want to say that I classify him in the same category as Flacco and Ryan. They're the type of players that can win you a Super Bowl. But they, you need everything to go right, yeah, and everything to happen the 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 the, the right way. Um, touching on, and I'm not going to touch on the Super Bowl yet, guys. We'll, we'll do the big build up for that. But touching on Matt Ryan, um, 2016 pro, best season he's ever had as a pro. Fantastic performance during the playoffs. I would go as far as to say he was perfect, except he made one mistake, and that was, I would say, the sack, the sack for Flowers, taking out field goal range in the Super Bowl. But you can't blame him for the Hightower sack and fumble. You can't blame him really for anything else that happened. He made, other than Rodgers' throw, the second best throw of the NFL season, I would say, to Julio Jones in the last couple of minutes of the Super Bowl. Um, is he one and done? Is he going to be a Joe Flacco who never gets to the heights again? Not so much that he never gets to the heights. I just don't know whether Atlanta Falcons as a team will come back again. Made a point earlier on, every NFL season is different one to the next. You look at the Carolina Panthers last year. They were a standout team. They went to the Super Bowl. Ultimately, as we touched on, defenses win championships. The Broncos' defense won that game. It wasn't Peyton yeah. Manning. Yeah, Von Miller. Um, a lot of people expected Carolina to come back again last year. It's pretty much a similar situation to the Atlanta Falcons, a high-scoring offense. Defense is, you know, a bit touch and go. You look at some of the games they lost last season. High-scoring games, giving up 29 points, giving up 33. Gave up 26 to Seahawks, 31. So their defense isn't the lockdown defense, isn't it? what we call defence win championships. So they got there mm. on the offence. Not necessarily the case that they'll come back again next year. Well, with Kyle Shannon gone, I suppose that's the big question. You know, What difference does that make? Because I suppose before Kyle Shannon came, Matt Ryan was a good QB. Kyle Shannon came in, put a lot more trust into him, completely changed Matt Ryan's style of play, and he suddenly becomes you know, a Super Bowl contending quarterback. Will that happen without Kyle Shannon there? That's, that's one of the big uh, kind of questions. I'd also say season. that the... the Division has improved. Mm. I mean, Tampa Bay have... They've improved, yeah, improved. behind Winston there, yeah. Yeah, they brought in Deshaun Jackson, free yeah. agency. Yeah. Brought in Stan, their tight end in the draft. You've always got Breeze there. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a competitive division, Thousand, so they could yeah. go backwards. Carolina will look to come back again. 283 diamonds in the Patriots Super Bowl rings, reminding yeah. of a 23 deficit. So, uh, interesting pieces. Shannon's interesting for me. He's now with the 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers have gone a very different route with the front office. John Lynch lured out of the broadcast booth, and he's now going to be there as their GM. Very interesting, but very successful draft, I would say. But, I mean, what... 49ers season, I, I know it's a 2016 review. I don't really want to talk about this 2016 season because it was so dreadful. Mm. I mean, next season, the sky's the limit, 4-12, and 12, yeah? Uh, like, I think there's still a lot to do with the 49ers. The problem with them was that their squad was just so depleted. Um, so you've got John Lynch who to be honest there's plenty of reading on him this season we'll kind of touch on that in a while um, but he seems to be the real deal um, he's well respected within the league you've got Kyle Shannon who I think they've been given five year contracts so they're looking at it as a long term project um, there's yeah there's some interesting things happening with the 49ers uh, the fact that they've given I think the highest contract ever to a fullback yeah um, Carl Juszczyk from, from the, the Ravens, Ravens. yeah uh, so again, there's going to be obviously a huge emphasis on the blocking uh, with the 49ers this year. So that again, no doubt that they're running back as part of the passing game. Um, I just think, yeah, don't expect much this season. Uh, but I think maybe in two, three years, like, mm. if they do it properly and if 
the ownership in the 49ers, which are known to pull the gun out fairly quickly on coaches, hopefully will hold off and you'll kind of get Kyle Shannon getting back to the Super Bowl in four years' time, potentially. But it will be the wrong game, and I imagine that's key priority because they haven't answered the issue of quarterback. No, not yet. No, I think They brought in Hoyer and Bradley, I, both from the Bears. I, I think 49ers' goal this year is to just, you know, not, not many injuries, get through the season score a few points and just start building. I, I, but I, I don't think they're expecting much. But I mean, you saying like the whole problem last year was just a general lack of talent. I mean, it wasn't, and, and it's the most overblown story in media, but it wasn't the Colin Kaepernick situation. It no. wasn't anything other than just, when, they're not very good. When you've got star defensive players retiring at the age of uh, 25 due to concern about concussion, which again is a real topic and again, not one for us to cover. We're not experts in anything like that. But when you've got players like that in key positions, um, even veterans who aren't near the end just deciding it's time to move mm. on, they were hit the most by that. Yeah, Chris um, Borland was the linebacker. It was the linebacker. Early, yeah. yeah. So you're mo- you're losing players like that. Um, they've had a bit of roundabout with their coaching staff. And since Kaepernick, they haven't had a quarterback. He had a star-studded first two seasons and has just fallen. And the issue is, again, without a good QB, you can't be a, a good team. It's as simple yeah. as that. So, uh, yeah, no, I think a few more years, but... Definitely want to keep an eye on see how John Lynch runs well, that team. Let's let's stay in that division for a minute because uh, all right, a little pop quiz for you, gents, today. Um, so last year, eleven thousand six hundred sixty-one points scored, which I think is a lovely, almost palindromic number. It's great. But who led the league last year in receptions? As a team, is it Arizona? As a as a player, who led the league in receptions? Beckham, is it? It has to be Beckham. No, no. You were close, Brian. Arizona. Larry so, Fitzgerald. Yeah. Old, one of the oldest players since, uh, since Jerry Rice. And, and sticking with, I said it because they're in the same division as 49ers, but sticking with that particular division, um, what do you think about Arizona last year, Brian? I mean, it was almost like a boom or bust. They drafted in, oh, sorry, they, they traded with the Pats for Chandler Jones. There's the big pass rusher. Palmer's back. Fitzgerald's there. They seem to have all the pieces. And it just never took off. Well, previous seasons, and in particular the season when they got to the championship game, I think they were 7-1, and one, maybe 8-0 and zero at home, in terms of they won eight, eight of their sure. games. Last season, very inconsistent at home, gave away games which looked like they were going to win. They won four home games, they lost three, and they drew. With oh, Seattle. with the Seattle, the 6-6 six, six yeah. game, yeah. And on the road, they were 3-5. and five. So there was a number of games at home that they looked like they were going to win. They were mm. in winnable positions going into the fourth quarter, which was discussed around the amount of games last season, which were reversed in the fourth quarter. So... I'm not saying they're close because they have, they have gone backwards, but there's a clear inconsistency there. And yeah. I don't, Palmer to me is coming towards the end of his career. They haven't addressed that. He's not, you know, if the offensive line was. Well, if you had said to me at the start of the year, Cutler will retire before pa- uh, Palmer does, I would have been gobsmacked. But yeah, it's he's getting close to the end. Definitely. They had a number of injuries on offensive line, which didn't help. Obviously, quarterback isn't mobile enough to get around and keep himself up in the pocket. But ultimately, I think it came down to erratic games even the last two games of the season they went to Seattle and won then they went to the Rams and obviously at that stage the Rams had switched off Fisher was gone the quarterback was only making his way in terms of playing the last couple of games but they won convincingly so they won the last two and there's such a big gap between the end of one season and the next so you can't say they're going to bring that on to the next season but certainly the players are there there's great potential but I don't know when they came off the previous season think it was a formality that they were going to come back a lot of people thought to Seattle yeah. They're going to go through yeah. progression, but ultimately that didn't happen. 
Well, just what you say about the cards and they lost games they should have won. They started with a week one hangover, almost. They didn't beat the Pats on Monday night. Uh, was it Monday night, late Sunday night football yeah. uh, without Brady and without Gronkowski? You know, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, led them. They missed a last-minute field goal. Last season, I know we alluded to it, the Panthers, Super Bowl rematch, week one hangover, never got off it. I, when we get on to the, the week yeah. one preview in due course, I'm actually interested. We might try and pick a team we think will have a hangover in week one and just will never recover from it. I don't think the Panthers recovered from the week one game where they went into mile high. Um, a lot of people thought they'd beat the Broncos. I'll be the Broncos and beat them in the Super Bowl. But Cam Newton was, he was assaulted in that game. There was a number of dubious decisions that didn't go his way. Mm, yeah. yeah. Head-on-head collisions. That, uh, the league didn't address it. No, they didn't, no. And I think from there he's... The, the, the league didn't address it, but I also didn't think you had Cam Newton who decided... Now, this league is too tough this year. Yeah. Came out with a comment saying, you know, I don't enjoy playing or I won't quote him, but something along the lines of, I don't like being roughed up as much. And he, he, he had a point to make, but the issue was after that, he seemed to just decide. Well, I, I think he got the impression that, I mean, the referees that are there to do it, they've got a responsibility. Mm, I agree. And if they're not showing flags on clear head-on-head collisions, mm. you know, 15... He, he claimed, if I remember, it was Triplett or Hockley, he said, said to him, you're not in the league long enough to get those calls, youngster, or something. Yeah, but yeah. again, slightly dubious like that. I'm, I recall the Super Bowl in particular, leading up to the Super Bowl that particular day in the stadium, and the warm up, and I remember the Sky Sports coverage going on, and there was a certain arrogance about him going around the pitch before mm-hmm. the game he played. He was around with a Superman top on, Peyton Manning, old school, obviously wants to win a second Super Bowl and go out in a high. You see, he was clearly focused on the game itself, where Cam was kind of going around. It didn't look like he was focused on the game. And I think there's a lot of people in the league have kind of taken to him in a negative light because I just mm. think he's... Well, a lot of that has to do with his reaction after the Super Bowl as well in, in 2015. Um, look, none of us will ever, unfortunately, unless uh, somebody decides we need a punter anytime soon, no, none of us are going to experience the joys and the, 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 the devastation of losing the Super Bowl. But Newton handled it the wrong way. Yeah. Matt Ryan, I think it's fair to be said, lost the Super Bowl in a devastating fashion, having played fantastically and fronted up afterwards. You know, that that's that's uh, a leader in, in a different way, uh, I would say. Um, so coming back to the season, coming back to some particular games, I know we said some great tight games and there were some wild endings. Cowboys and Packers in the playoff were was amazing, I think, but I just wanted to call out a couple of particular games and just get your thoughts on it. Chiefs-Falcons. I know we talked on the Falcons. They lost a couple of high-scoring games. For me, this was fantastic. This was the first ever pick two game. Eric Berry, pick, seven, pick six earlier on in the game and the pick two with the return of the uh, two-yard point conversion to, to ultimately make the difference in the game. You know, um, we had the Broncos Saints with the extra point, which was blocked and ultimately returned. I mean, is it just me or did you guys feel there were more games that were turning in the fourth quarter? There was this delicate balance and it was really in doubt right up until the end and, and the drama was there all the way through the season um, coming into the fourth quarter and I think that's what the league wants um, I remember last year when they had their off-season meetings one of the key topics was how they were going to make the league competitive again there was a number of teams there were so many games so many blowouts and ultimately you know you lose the audience if games are people not saying lose the audience in terms of the NFL but one audience will switch from another NFL game where it's more competitive and last season as you said if you look at the stats the number of games that were so close and as well as that, as I said, changing real changes, extending the fi- the extra point out to the twenty-three yard line. So it's not a it's not a foregone conclusion that the extra point where previously you score your touchdown, it's a given that 
the point is up on the screen sometimes on the on the stats and on the charts before it's even being kicked. Mm-hmm. And then obviously bringing the two point down to the two, two yard line gives a coordinator a decision to make whether they're going to take the one and go for two. So it just le- leaves the excitement of the league and ultimately better games. Yeah, I think I think it's going to continue that way. I think the stat was it's the most ever fourth quarter comebacks in NFL history last season. So it is coming down to the blowouts are lessening. Um, I think the rule changes, like Brian said, made a huge difference. The, the point kicking, moving back, mm-hmm. that huge one. I think the new one that's going to come in is the um, the extra time um, for new season. Uh, they've shortened the the uh, overtime um, in the new season. So again, you're going to see teams having to either win it in their fourth quarter, or if they are looking to go for the draw, even the overtime is going to make it more interesting. Like week two, sorry, just week two. Go on. Um, like Oakland, we're talking about Oakland there on possibly going to the Super Bowl, and. They're all love Del Rio. He's an Oakland boy. He's an Oakland sport, and he's the head coach now. Week two, they went into New Orleans. Could have been week one. I'm, I'm not sure. Possibly week one, week two. But they went into New Orleans. They made it twenty. It would have been. We all thought it was going to be twenty-eight, twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. And he oh went, yeah, for, the he two went for the two points. I think it game. was week two. Yeah, yeah. And he, he won was, again. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. A brave decision to make so early in the season. And I think he came out afterwards and said, "We're here to win games. You know, yeah. the, that that's the goal of the the NFL is you want to win games, um, and you don't want to leave it down to overtime." But. Uh, no, I think definitely it's a much more competitive league and it's more more entertaining as sports fans when we're watching it when you're speaking, you have to stay up to watch it. Mm, very, right to the bitter end. Yeah, very few of these halftime bloods, depending on certain teams, we won't get into that. But generally, four quarters of great, great football. So I, actually it does, again, I remember Detroit last year, they could have easily been eight games worse off. I mean, there was a ridiculous stat halfway through the season where I think every game they'd won, they'd come back in the fourth quarter to win. And that was after 10 games, they or 11 games, they won eight, eight of them in total. It was crazy statistics in relation to it. And, and, again, and again, when you've got a quarterback like Stafford, who's going to literally, similar to um, Rodgers, similar to Rodgers in that he'll stay in the pocket as long as he can. He'll take the hits and he'll throw those bombs. Well, I would actually give you a different Green Bay quarterback okay. comparison. I'd say it's Favre. He is the last gunslinger. Cutler's yeah. gone now. Stafford is the only one that will try and get it through uh, a hole the size of... I don't know, a needle or something. Yeah. yeah. Something we'll, we'll, like that. You, we'll, we'll, we'll let you off. We'll, we'll, work, we'll work with that. We'll a work lot, with a that. lot of those, I noticed they, um, I'd be interested to see how many of those were actually at home because their home record was very strong and that played for it's a lot good of Good question. I think, I think probably the majority of them were at home. Uh, definitely. It always seemed like they were at home, wasn't it, every night? Uh, yeah. Kind of coming back from yeah. ridiculous depths of despair. They, they kind of ran out. Like, it's a bit of a Jack and Hyde situation. You're winning games, last minute touchdowns. Ultimately, at the end, at some stage, your luck is going to run out mm. because at the end of the season, they lost... The last three or four games in a row. Well, they still made it into the playoffs, but that's because a lot of other teams tailed off. Yep. So it was no surprise that they went into Seattle and they were one and done because at that stage, they were they were gone at that stage, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, and while we're talking about fourth quarter comebacks, and, and I think probably the NFL, the way they usually keep the stats is probably fourth quarter and overtime. I think you alluded to, uh, Gordon, it's the most ever, uh, mm. effectively, last season had. The whole season ultimately ended with an amazing fourth quarter and overtime comeback I mean I, I'm sorry I can't wipe the smile off my face still I remember watching this game for two weeks afterwards not actually believing what had happened and I have to give due credit to the Falcons here I mean they played the best they were the best team by far in the first half Pats were moving the ball but getting turned over Ryan as I said throw of a lifetime uh, to Jones and an amazing tap tackle and really for me it turned on one mistake which was the sack he took when all you needed was a field goal all you needed was a field goal to make it two scores but what were your recollections? I mean, coming from a, a slightly less biased perspective in relation to the Super Bowl. Uh, to be honest, again, not that I 
you know, dislike the Patriots or their success over the numerous, numerous years. But again, I was holding out hope um, and it started off in that fashion. But again, I got a little worried um, thinking this is too good to be true. Uh, and it was, unfortunately. But again, it made it down as the greatest Super Bowl probably that I've ever seen. Um, no, no, just just go with of all time. Sorry, that that was all time. you needed. Sorry, that was of, all you needed. Of all time. But uh, to be honest, it just showed the class that the New England Patriots are. Most other teams would have just crumbled and left it at that but no Patriots do what they do best it was it was strange because at 23 even so early in the third quarter towards the back end of the third quarter when the Patriots scored a touchdown it had a feel of a garbage yeah yeah touchdown. it did yeah it did and I kind of got the impression albeit the Patriots were making their way back Atlanta felt we just need one more drive at some stage and we'll kill this game off and you alluded to it earlier on the sack mm. but to me, the play calling in that particular stage of the game. And for Shanahan to come out after the game and say, I called it as I'd call any other We game. are who we are. But the reality is, this is a Super Bowl. You may never get back to a Super Bowl. You, may, you could have lost your opportunity. Okay, you could come back next year. You could come back the year after that. But ultimately, this is your opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And for him to throw when yeah, yeah. we all felt... Run, uh, run, run the run, game, run, run the clock. Run, run the yeah. clock, um, which... Teams have done on the page in the Super Bowl before, i.e. the Giants. Um, but I was wondering when that would come up, yeah. But at the same time, if he runs the clock, and there's no given they're going to take, they're going to score the field goal, but at least give yourself the opportunity to make a two-score game with the bones two minutes left in the game. And ultimately, I think the pages may have been out of timeouts, I can't call, maybe one. Would they have gone down and scored a touchdown and then got the ball back? It's a, it's a, it's a yeah, big ask. Like I said, if, if they changed it to a two-score game, then that would have changed the game completely. I mean, for me, I, I, I do remember watching when the Patriots got back to one score, and I thought one of two things was going to happen. The next drive after, we blew a coverage, and Freeman uh, got 40-odd yards, and luckily was caught by, for me, uh, was caught by Roberts from behind, but that nearly was game over there. I thought it was going to come down to another missed two-point conversion. And the, the, which happened to the Patriots the year before yeah, against the Broncos, the Broncos in yeah. the AFC Championship game. Um, but remarkably, and I always find this amazing, Brady's now 5-2 and two in Super Bowls. I mean, seven Super Bowls, so many AFC Championships and yada, yada, yada. However, that was the biggest margin of victory the Patriots have ever had in the Super Bowl. It went to overtime, the first Super Bowl of all time. And he did one by six points, obviously the final score. I think that, gets, lo that, that game, gets lost in the... Uh, no one remembers the... Oh, it, it was it, a six-point game. It could be 0-7. Like, it's just as easy. It's a play here and there. Um, so, you know, I, I, look, I'm, I'm going to... He, he wouldn't be 0-7 in the Super Bowl because I think if he had went 0-4 in the Super Bowl, <laughs> they would have looked for a new quarterback. Well, I mean, I, I think he'd be more loved if he had gone 0-7 or maybe 1-6. I mean, look at John Elway. He, he's loved uh, in relation to it. Um, gents, we're, um, we kind of touched on a couple of key teams, but what I want to do is like do a rundown. I just want to give you to give me one word would you feel best described? Some of the guys we actually haven't touched on. There's so much we could talk about. Um, we only touched on the Dolphins very briefly. Give me one word to describe the Dolphins. 26 Flash. That's what I'd say. Progressing. I'd say inconsistent, uh, to be honest. The Bills. Uh, I'll just give you boom. Uh, the Rex and Ryan, Rob show has been blown up. Yeah. That's Garbage. That's <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> um, the Jets. A mess. Just yeah, kind of, yeah, mess. Sorry, copying him here. Yeah, I, I, it, it's tough. It's uh, yeah, back, backwards is what I'd say. I mean, really good first season with Bowles, and it just went backwards. Um, 
someone really we ended up not talking about purely because again it was another disappointing playoff loss the Chiefs unlucky unfortunate same I suppose it's just on that particular game you know they score a two point conversion at the end they level up against the Steelers yeah they get done for an offensive PI yeah offensive hold offensive hold sorry of course it was yeah the player I can't recall his name in was adamant he, he didn't hold him and he came out and the tight end also came out after the game and slagged off the referees and all the rest. But, I mean, it was a correct decision. Mm. But, again, it's just Andy Reid. He just doesn't seem to have any luck when it comes to playoffs. And yeah. I, I actually felt that if they had got to the championship game, bearing in mind Steelers' performance in the championship game, I think they would have given the Patriots a better game. better game. You're doing really well with that one-word answer, uh, Brian, uh, as well. Sure um <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the Raiders and the Broncos, we, we touched on when we talked about Von Miller. Chargers, we talked about their moves, so I'll leave them. Steelers, we didn't really touch on. I mean, Gordon, one word? <laughs> nearly. Uh, nearly there. Nearly. We're, we're so close. Uh, I think last year, again, just some unfortunate things, some off-field issues, which again, no doubt, we'll touch on in the future. It led to people kind of moving away from what was really happening on the field. I think... There's a lot of potential there with the Steelers, I think. A couple okay. of games could have just gone their way, but yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on for next season. Brian? One word? One word. Oh, two. I'll give you two. We'll come back. I'll go cornerbacks. Cornerbacks. That's all, that's Ru- all it say needs ru- to I'd sum s- up I'd their say, season. I'd say running back. Hyphen, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Levon getting injured wasn't great for them when we talk about injuries that affect things. Baltimore Ravens. I'll lead off. Uh, meh. You know, it was an eight and eight season. They didn't really inspire the way through. It was. I think you nothing. hit the nail on the head there, yeah. They're just... I think another team... There's quite a few of these teams who we've followed over a few years that are in transition. They're just... They're, it, there's a lot going on. It, it All it takes is for one or two pieces to fall apart. Yeah. And it affects the whole team. And I think they're one team that, yeah, transition nearly there. Uh, just a couple more building blocks they need to. And, of course, the off-field controversy over the last few years just hasn't helped either. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, you're right. They've had such a period of success now. It's maybe just weaning a little bit. But still, they didn't go below 500. Brian? Uh, Harbour. Yeah. yeah, it begins and ends with him every yeah. season. Uh, the Bengals, we didn't really touch on. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> I, uh, yeah it's one season good and bad the next season bad Brian I'll give you a sentence you're struggling with the one words go on <laughs> Marvin knows how is he still in the job yeah <laughs> it, it is remarkable the man mm. has never won a playoff game and so last year he brings him 6-9 with the draw again um, obviously Dalton was injured but but the, I still think back to the season before that and that playoff game against the Steelers they were down for so long in the game. They come back. Everybody's going, oh my God, they're actually going to beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Yeah. Which, even at that stage, but a minute ago, you're thinking, how will they screw this up? Because they yeah. will. Yeah. And they did. Well, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually say, it's, it's funny. We still don't know if the Red Rocket is the answer at quarterback. We surely know Marvin Lewis is not the answer at coach. But it's yeah. his division with both his teams. So yeah. uh, Gordon's so happy with that. Yeah. Um, Cleveland Browns. Hope. Keep... Keep it simple. I, I there's a soft spot there for me. I just hope I would like to see them finally do something. They're never going to challenge, 
But I'd just like to see them stop being the bottom team. Like, it's just... I, I feel sorry for the Cleveland Derek, Brown Derek fans. Derek Anderson. There was one year. Romeo yeah, Cornell's head coach like, and Derek Anderson. Like, Brian? I, progress. Progress. I, I'm just convinced he's a... He's, I'm sorry, I'm pointing at him, but Gordon is a hopeless romantic now. He's only somebody who's going through... I'm buying into it, though. A 1-15 and 15 yeah. season can say hope. I'll just give you one word, and it's really looking forward to 2017 as well. Quarterback. They have no answer. They yeah. don't have a team still. I... That's for another day. Yeah. <laughs> the the Texans. It's hot air. I'm just I'm fed up of all the talk about them having the best defense, this, that, and the other. Bill O'Brien, but they just they haven't fixed offense. Come back to us when you actually have a quarterback. Come back to us when when you haven't spent the house on a quarterback and failed miserably, and he's still in a job, uh, and he's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. Yeah, you know, satisfactory. In terms of that, the owners are satisfied with just making the playoffs. Uh, well, I mean. <laughs> I, I, isn't it uh, the Texans owner is in 92 now so he's uh, approaching the edge of uh, certain experiences uh, should we say look can they win without Watt was what I took out last season um, they've got Clowney coming to fruition again they could be very dangerous but they have a quarterback from the draft that Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson the best quarterback to come out of the draft in quite some time yeah um, okay um, the Colts look look Injury. <laughs> that, 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 that says it all. Injury. That says it Injury. All. Injury. Yeah. Titans. Oh. Titans. I mean, it's getting there. Um, Mariota. He's the future. Uh, the well, the run game is what got them there last year. But Mariota showed the right progression signs. Putting, I think it's getting putting players in place, wide receivers for them. Deckers have to come in this week. Yeah, potential. Yeah. Great potential. That's Great potential. Uh, and oh Jesus this is almost bad as the Browns the Jags we didn't talk about in the 2016 review I'm shocked and appalled I can't imagine why yeah bust to be honest and then they tried to build they failed miserably they've sacked their their coaches they're starting all over again so they went with a five year plan mm. it failed they're now starting on another five year plan so yeah um, Tom they, Coughlin yeah they, they draft well they, they, they do draft well and I think Tom Coughlin will, will make a difference but yeah, they had five years. They did nothing. I've got one expression for you. London 2020. Yeah. That's that's what that is. We've touched on a lot of the NFC, so I'm just going to briefly flip through a couple of these we didn't touch on and worth just a word or two on. The Redskins last year? Didn't do much for me. Um, I just think, again, this whole not having a, a concrete uh, quarterback in place and not giving, like, what more can you... Well, they have a con- if you have a quarterback, just won't give them a contract. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it. what I mean. Like, yeah, what, 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 what more do you need to do to... To win the job, you know. I was um, my my sentence was you like that, and mm-hmm. eight and seven with a draw. No, I don't yeah. like what you did, Kirk Cousins, last year. Well, they had their opportunity to make the playoffs. Like coming into the last week seventeen, they had to beat the Giants, yeah. who who were already in the playoffs and not playing for anything. Yeah, and they yeah, just couldn't. They couldn't do it. They just sealed the deal. Um, Eagles is Wentz the answer? He started well. He 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 came into the league. He he showed flashes, but again, unfortunately. Unlike the other rookie quarterbacks, he didn't have a whole complete team to work with. Mm. I think that was his biggest downfall. I think he's shown that potentially he could be the answer in Philadelphia. And, and they need they need a quarterback that's going to stay there long-term, replace McNabb, somebody that can be, again, the, the hero for Philadelphia. They're putting weapons in place, to, I suppose, to, mm. to progress in terms of bringing players in on the offense during the offseason to help him. Yeah. So if Blunt's come in, he'll help. Yeah. He's experienced... Um, they've improved the offensive line. They brought in uh, Smith, wide receiver from 49ers. They brought in Jeffries from the Bears. They've put good players in place. 
Yeah, might as well draft him up. It's interesting. Like Gordon, you mentioned in McNabb, though. I mean, they had Foles, they had Cole, they've had so many new successes. But Philly is such a tough place to play, and I think they only appreciated McNabb after he was gone. The stability he brought. Yep. So, you know, here here's hoping for the young lad that he he brings it forward. But he does certainly fell off the uh, fell off the radar after yep. the first few games. The Hawks, the Seahawks. I think they're down to their last chance. Um, I think the dynasty is coming to an end. Uh, it's maybe one or two more years. You hear all the talk about Sherman and like, so I think really it's Pete Carroll. He's got one or two more years to try and get another Super Bowl, and then after that, they're going to be back into a serious transition. Uh, and I just think that's the future for the Seahawks. Disgruntled. Yeah, uh, dysfunction would have been my yeah, word. Well, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, but we're, it's, it's on the same, same yeah. Uh, yeah. like in terms of continuous back yeah. check, continuous fighting on the okay. sidelines last year. We went through most of the NFC West. NFC North, the only people we didn't talk about were the Bears. But, I mean, look, it was cast-offs United almost. Uh, it was uh, for the next season. They, 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 they think, they've got to figure out what they're doing. I first. think when you when you bring Mike Lennon in, you pay him a huge salary, and then you often draft a quarterback in the first round. But not only that, you trade up one Sorry. slot yeah. to get a quarterback when nobody else is yeah. interested enough to you give up you, you give up the house for a quarterback that nobody else wanted. Uh, after just paying Mike Lennon, John John Lynch is the quarterback, is the draft whisperer already because yeah. he he fleeced the Bears there. But yeah. if Trubisky becomes the quarterback for the next twenty years, he's the next McMahon. So be it. You know, the only problem is they they have nothing to build him so build around. You know, the only other team we didn't touch on. I just want to give you a thought on this: is Drew Brees. We didn't really touch on the Saints. Mm. Loads of records. Um, like Brady will never touch the, the TD record or the yards record because Breeze is going to surpass Manning and take it into new new mm. dimensions. He's surely a Hall of Famer, but why no more success? I mean, he's like this generation's Marino, except he did at least get one. Do you, do you know what he reminds me of? Or do you know what sorry, the New Orleans, the Saints remind me of? It reminds me of, you know, your grandparents, the grandfather. You go around to hear the good old stories, to hear about the, you know, the successes in the past, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there's nothing new happening there, and, and and I think that's just the way the Saints are going to stay. Um, I just think that they have overspent in free agency. They have ruined their cap room. They haven't been able to manage that properly. Um, and yeah, they've just got a lot, a lot of old timers on their squad. And I think they they need to a couple of more years before they're even in. We can talk about them. I think there comes a time in a franchise, shall we call it, where it's time for change, and they haven't addressed that. Like Sean Payton should be gone by now. Yeah. Um, and not so much because he's not a good head coach. I mean, when There's stale. before Ben McAdoo got the Giants job last year, I was plugging for the Giants to go with Sean Payton. Um, he'd been with the Giants previously, so yeah, he had yeah. the background. And he's a Parcells dis- disciple. Yeah, so I was all for that, and he signed, the, he renewed the contract that summer. But from the point of view of the Saints, they've gone as far as they can go with it. You know, they don't address key situational issues within the team. Every year, they just believe Breeze will do for us. Okay, we do. If it's 38 all, we'll win 48, 41, 38 because Breeze will get us down the field. And law of averages, that doesn't work. After after a while, it tends to, you know, you lose more than you win. Yeah, well, yeah. I think defense, defense, yeah. defense. And I make the mistake every year when someone's going into New Orleans to play a game, I'm always picking the Saints and, and losing money again. Yeah, sounds good. Right, we're going to close off, guys, with a couple of features we're going to try and run during the uh, the podcast and during the season. So I'm going to kick off. Quote of the year. So we'll do when the season's going, quote of the week, something you, you like of. But what's your quote of 2016? Well, I think you'll like this one. Uh, you'll get it pretty much straight away. I'm not on Snapface and all of those. <laughs> not too worried about what they put on Insta chat. So um, Bill Belichick coming out after uh, 
the episode with the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, Mike Anto- Tomlin and Antonio and Brown. Antonio Brown's Facebook Live, and I think it just epitomised what uh, Belichick and the Patriots are all about. As in, you know, he takes away the attention from themselves and puts it straight back on the opposition. Good one, Brian. Uh, mine's on the Patriots side as well, which is Tom Brady saying saying afterwards to Mr. Kraft, "Someone's robbing my jersey." So, <laughs> even, so even a, so even after a team, their team has won the Super Bowl. Brady's still worried, more worried about himself than the team. <laughs> don't start, don't <laughs> don't start him on it. <laughs> so my my quote of the year, funnily enough, after you two, it doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots. Um, but my one I love the most, and see if you can guess who said it, was uh, special teams played well. Our punt team is on a record-setting pace. Could only come from a special sort of coach. Yeah, Jeff Fisher. After losing to the Pats 2016, he came out with that great line about the only, like literally every cloud has a silver lining. Um, he's gone, obviously. He failed uh, miserably there. Stopped feuding with Eric Dickerson. So Eric, come back to the Rams, all is forgiven. Um, probably the most famous player of all time. So that's useful. Um, but I just thought that was ridiculous. That was, of all the things to come out with, just, man, seriously. Um, so next feature we're going to try and do and run every week, recommended reading. Is there anything, guys, you think of that uh, you've particularly enjoyed the last while that maybe recommend to the listeners to check out? Well, I think it's one we didn't touch on in this uh, podcast, but it's uh, written by Melissa Jacobs from Sports Illustrated, and it's the 16 people who defined the NFL in 2016. Uh to be honest, it's just a great read. We pretty much touched on the majority of the people within it. Carson Wentz, um, the kicking issue. Uh, you then had Von Miller, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Reggie McKenzie and what he's done in Oakland Raiders, Cam Newton, Odell Beckham, uh, John Elway, uh, the rookie Cowboys. And mm. unfortunately, number one for this one was Colin Kaepernick and all those issues, which we're not going to touch on. Not but interesting. But, but it's just so boring. But Sorry. It, but it's a great article and it's really well written and well worth reading. That's Melissa Jacobs from Sports Good stuff. I think, I think we will touch on Kaepernick. We'll talk particularly I think about Reggie McKenzie when it comes to the, the draft yep. and free agency reviews. Brian? Um, the NFL Sky Sports podcast that we listen to that every week. A rifle podcast. Jesus. Yes, mm. but at the same time we have to listen Give to Give credit where credit's yeah, due. Yeah. yeah, so I find that Jeff and Neil are very cool. good every week to keep the off-season very interesting, keep you up to date, up to date with everything that's going on. And, uh, and again, a couple of people, we well, one we touched on, one we didn't. There's been a great 24 hours with series that the MMQB.com have been running. Uh, John Lynch, they followed him for a day on the draft. And Sean McVay, actually, the new um, uh, coach out in the uh, Chargers, I'm going to say, and I'm going to get confused, aren't I? No, it is. No, it's the Rams. Jesus, I knew I was going to confuse my two LA teams. Um, that's a, that's why two teams in one location is not a good thing. Uh, but the following around with Sean McVay, that 24-hour series on the AMQB.com is well worth watching and listening to because they do uh, podcasts and videos on it. So before we wrap up, guys, last thing, whole 2016 season, your favourite moment? Um, from a personal point of view, obviously the Giants gone from six... We're having six wins the previous season. They're yeah. coming back and making the playoffs. But the game in particular that I liked was going into Dallas in week one and winning. And from an NFL perspective? Um, I'd have to go back to that Dallas Packers game in the playoffs. Yeah, good, um, show, good call. Rodgers yeah. in particular, his performance that night is one of the best we've seen as a quarterback in a long time. Yeah. I think, yeah, the Aaron Rodgers fourth quarter comebacks and just the bombs that he threw all year, definitely my moments of the year. And then, to be honest, just the competitiveness of the league. It's just been really, really enjoyable. Great. Go great. on, finish us off. Well, my moment of the year can only be one thing. 
you know, we are all Patriots, and the Patriots are, once again, world champions. Um, that wraps up our 2016 season review. Uh, it was a, le- a year that gave us a lot of great games, uh, different experiences and challenges for different teams. We still saw the same old rules. Six teams for, didn't qualify for the playoffs last year, qualifying for next. We still saw a team going from worst to first in their division, Cowboys last year, which has happened pretty much every season, I think, for the last 14 or 15 years. Um, but a great season, a great Super Bowl, a great playoff series. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. That's our season 2016 review. As I say, in later year, later years, later weeks, we'll be going through the draft, free agency, and a full season preview for 2017 before joining you every week with a run-by-run rundown of the week in review and a week look forward to the following week in the NFL. This has been the Irish NFL podcast. And from Gordon. Thank you very much. From Brian. Thank you. And from me, it's goodbye. See us on Twitter at Irish NFL Pod, and we'll see you next week.